0: Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Yeah, good evening everyone. Um, my name is Phil, for those of you I don't know yet. Um, I've been, like I said, here for about two and a half years, um, and sometimes I have the privilege of speaking. And as Steve mentioned earlier, we are launching a new series running through to Easter. Uh, at least Amy's back for the talk, so that's good. <laughs> we're running a series through to Easter, um, and we're going to be looking. And like, some of the themes have already come up this morning, and in, in our time so this evening, sorry, in our time so far, um, about who is Jesus, about how do you know who Jesus is. So if, Can we get the slides up, SP? Sorry, first. Thank you. Um, so we're going to be running a series where we're going to walk through a number of different people that Jesus met. And we're going to try and explore Jesus' character a bit more through this lens of like, when Jesus met someone in particular. Um, so uh, just to kick us all off and get us all going, this is the first time I'll ever be happy with someone getting their phones out. So if we can now, sorry, SP, jump to that website. So if you go on your phones to www.menti.com. That's M-E-N-T-I dot com. Um, And you'll be asked to enter a code. And if you put in the code 871039, you will get a prompt on your phone that says that. Choose two words that you think describe the character of Jesus. Um, And by the power of the interweb, they're all going to appear. Well, they did this morning. Oh, there we go! Nice. <laughs> so here are some of the words we are using to describe Jesus' character. Nice. We had a, yeah, the first emoji we had this morning was a laughing face. So a champagne cork is nice. Is that is that what it is? I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Alex, who <laughs> did the laughing face this morning. Um, so yeah, we've got. Um, Extravagant, Redeemer, powerful, compassionate, intimate friend, a super solid friend. Uh the own kissy face, we had that this morning. Um, radical, high fill, nice one. Um legend, my it was all my home slice when that came up. It's amazing, right? And and the point is this is that all of these are true, apart from not even sure what home slice means, but I'm just gonna go with it's true. Um But my thing is this, is that we all picked a couple of words, and there'll be other words up there that some of us wouldn't necessarily recognize when we would think about Jesus. And my kind of question is, why? Like, where do we get our sense of who Jesus is? Where do we get our sense of his character? Um, So if we can flip flip back to the slides quickly, I want to show you a a quick picture um, with a story. So that's our big question is going to be, what is Jesus like in this series? So this picture, um, about four or five years ago, um, I used to the job I had. I used to walk to work, and this is a picture of a scaffolding with some tarpauling outside a church in Waterloo. Um, and basically, behind that is a statue of Jesus. And when I used to walk home uh, every sort of afternoon or late afternoon or early evening, wherever it was, I used to sit on a bench and I used to sit and I used to pray for a couple of minutes through my day. Um, And one afternoon, evening, I came home and I sat there and I saw this and I thought, that's weird, like what, what have they done? And I suddenly realized they're cleaning Jesus. And I kind of sat there and thought about it and I thought, why are they cleaning Jesus? And, um, and I suddenly realized, well, because it's obviously not literally Jesus, but the statue of Jesus is sat there every day in the rain, in the shine, in the wind. All the elements of life are kind of battering against this picture of Jesus. And kind of over time, things start getting covered up and maybe things get washed away. Um, and you can't see the same things about the, the statue of Jesus that you wanted to before. Um, and it just really struck me as a really, really powerful metaphor that actually when we go through life, things happen to us. Um, and we'll have different encounters with God and different encounters with the world in our lives, and actually how we understand Jesus, how we see the character of Jesus will change. Um, and once in a while, it's really, really helpful to kind of strip all that away and take some time just to go back and say, who is Jesus? Who is the character of Jesus? Who is this person we're all here to worship, who we have these wonderful words for, but what are the words that maybe we've forgotten, that we maybe once knew but actually have now forgotten or we've never, ever learned? So this is... Um, hopefully our heart behind this series of actually really coming back and washing away our understanding of Jesus and adding to our understanding of the character of Jesus. And like I said, how we're going to do it is we're going to go through a series of interactions between Jesus and someone else, kind of in the New Testament. Um, And the first uh, person I'm going to look at for the rest of our time today is Peter. Peter. So we're going to ask this question, what was Jesus like to Peter? Um, so just to get us started, I sort of found some pictures on the internet of what Peter may or may not have looked like. Um, this is the first one I found, so I'll come back to why, but he's called Simon Peter. Um, I couldn't really work out what he was doing in this picture. The best I got to was he was like, oh, I'm going to have an early night. So he started putting his pajamas on and then the doorbell goes and he's like, "Ah, oh, I forgot the Sainsbury's ordeal was coming at nine. And he was like, oh, it's got to go upstairs now. So that's, that was my best guess. So the next one. Um, this, this, I think, is the um, selling men's fragrance, Peter. <laughs> the kind of windswept, olive-skinned, kind of rugged look. Um, next one. <laughs> yeah, again, my, my guess is this one was Peter's sort of unknown foray into acting. And this was his painted headshot of uh you know I can be that happy go lucky guy in your film um and then the final one my favorite is uh don't mess with me during november <laughs> simon peter So um, yeah, I don't really have any of those, what he actually looked like, but that's the image in your head if that helps for pick the one you like the most and keep that in your head for the rest of tonight. Um, But yeah, before we sort of get into the interaction I'm going to talk about between him and Jesus, it's very important to set the the scene of his life, um, which I genuinely learned so much about when I put it in a timeline like this. So the next slide we've got is a timeline of Jesus' life, um, which I'll just read out For you from left to right. So Simon Peter was a Jewish fisherman, which kind of means he was just a regular person. He wasn't part of the religious establishment. He hadn't been particularly well educated generally or in kind of the religious uh, order. Um, He was called Simon when Jesus first called him. Um, he was one of the first disciples that Jesus called while they were fishing um, through an amazing miracle or they were trying to catch some fish and they couldn't find any fish. And Jesus came along and said, hey, fish over there. And they got loads of fish. Um, that's the message version. Um, and uh, he dropped his nets and they all followed him. And uh, next one, um, he witnessed Jesus heal his mother-in-law in his mother-in-law's home, which is interesting. We don't often hear about any wives the disciples may have had, but Peter clearly had one. Um, He then, quite famously, some of you may know this, he kind of momentarily walked on water, It's another story where they're out in the boat and they see Jesus walking towards them on the water and he's the one that jumps out and kind of for that split second is able to kind of step out into his authority and and walk with Jesus before he sinks and Jesus saves him. So that's a pretty epic moment. Um, And then later on, he's also the first to declare Jesus as a Jewish Messiah. So uh, they're having a debate and saying, oh, some people think you're a prophet and some people think you're... um, Elijah returning, um, and Jesus says, who do you think I am? And it's Peter that declares, you are the Messiah. So he's, he's got it. Um, and then most powerfully towards after that, um, Jesus speaks to him, prophesies over him, and renames him. And renames him Peter. So that's why we've got this Simon Peter that the Bible uses to... No, you know he's the same person, but now Jesus renames him Peter, which was a brand new name, in fact, means comes from the word rock. It's not a, word that, a name that was used at the time. And Jesus renamed him and says Peter, and he says, you're going to be the rock on which my church is built. So you look at this, and you've got Peter have a pretty epic story. He's kind of come from nowhere. He's seen Jesus do some pretty amazing stuff. He himself has gone and done some pretty amazing stuff. He knows who Jesus is, his divine identity. Um, And Jesus even prophesies over him saying, you're going to lead my church. Um, Some of you may know where I'm going with this. um, But just really want to pause here. And just I hadn't really clocked quite how um, seemingly meteoric Peter's rise had been. Like I said, from kind of nowhere, a humble fisherman all the way to the leader of the disciples. Um, So this was kind of the journey he'd gone on. This was his faith journey. This was his uh, act of following Jesus. But we're going to jump ahead now and read sort of one of the two scriptures we'll look at um, to see what happened next. We've jumped forward to Jesus has been arrested um, and all the other disciples have scarpered out of fear. But Peter was was the one who had followed Jesus slightly into where the trial was happening. So there's a story from Matthew's account of Jesus's life in Matthew 26. And it says this. So Peter was sitting in the courtyard sort of a little bit away from where Jesus was being tried. And a servant girl came to Peter. And a servant girl says, you are the one with Jesus of Galilee, she said. Uh, but Peter denied it before them all, saying, I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Um, and then Peter went out into the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this guy, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. And Peter denied it again, this time with an oath. So sort of swearing that it was true. And he said, I do not know this man. Um, and then the next slide. And then after a little while later, so Peter was still there, those standing there. And they went up to Peter and said, surely you are the one who was with him. Your accent gives you away. So he's obviously had a Galilean accent. Um, and this time he says he began to call down curses on them. And he swore at them and said, I do not know this man. Um, And immediately the rooster crowed and Peter remembered that Jesus had predicted this was going to happen and say, before the rooster crows, you'll disown me three times. And Peter went outside and wept bitterly. So, I mean, I I I knew this story. Some of you may know this story, but I hadn't really put this story against that timeline of just peter's meteoric rise to everything he'd seen the the jesus had taken him from nowhere jesus he'd, he'd seen jesus heal he'd walked on water with jesus he'd um, declared to him the messiah he had prophesied an amazing powerful future over him and then he goes and does this um i was reflecting a little bit on the kind of wept the wept bitterly um and i don't know if you feel like you've ever wept bitterly um i don't think i have many times but i mean i've some of you who may have have me speak before have was in a context of me sharing some of my personal history with kind of mental health. And that was the only thing that came to mind. there There'd been a couple of times sort of past in my life where I've been in such a low stage of life that I might, I've wept bitterly just because my life is over as far as I know it. And that's my only proxy for this, that Peter, because of all that past, because of what he'd just done to this person, this friend, that he literally, his life was over. He was in complete despair. He had no hope left. And so we plot it back onto this timeline of all this meteoric, incredible rise, all the things he'd seen, he'd done, he'd declared publicly, had declared over him, and then he completely and utterly swears on his life that he had nothing to do with Jesus. And I have no earthly clue how Jesus would have felt about that. I um, mean, you've got the interesting sort of uh, part of the story where Jesus said it was going to happen and Peter said it wouldn't, and then he goes and does it as well. But I don't know how you, how you respond to that. So now we're just going to d- jump forward with a, rest of our time and just have a look at what happens now when Jesus next interacts with Peter what happens how does he speak to him how does he engage with him and we're going to hopefully just pull a couple of things about Jesus's character from this now we've kind of set this scene um, and you know this is the, the the amazing thing about the gospels when you put it all together things get a lot more powerful than just looking at things on their own so now we've jumped forward Jesus has, has gone to the cross and he's resurrected from the dead And he has appeared to the disciples more than once, but this is the first time we have him sort of engaging, especially with Peter, as we'll see. Um, So we find Simon Peter, Thomas Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, which include John, who's writing this account. And two of the disciples were together. Um, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. But Jesus called out to them and said, Hey, friends, haven't you got any fish? They answered, No, they answered. Uh, Jesus said, Throw your net on the other side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. And then a disciple who Jesus loved, which is John, who wrote this account because he's a bit strange, um, said to Peter, It is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him because he had taken it off and jumped into the water. And I've skipped a little bit forward, but then Jesus says to them, bring some of the fish and have breakfast with me. And we go to the next slide. And then a bit later on in the same story, when they'd finished eating, this is where it really happens. Jesus turns to Simon Peter and says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, well, take care of my sheep. And a third time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him for the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said again, feed my sheep. So I hope already you can see the power of this interaction based on the paint picture we painted but let me just bring out for you three things about just just the incredible way this gospel is written and the incredible way that Jesus responded here so I'll run through these really quickly but the first one is Jesus returns to Peter the second one is Jesus is going to reset Peter and the third one is Jesus is going to recommission Peter so the first one that's kind of the simplest one is like I said I have no clue how Jesus would have felt about that about the betrayal in the first place from all his disciples, but obviously Peter in particular, leader of his disciples. I've kind of been fortunate enough in my life that I don't think anyone has like, betrayed me to anything of this scale. But I feel like if someone had, the first thing I would not do is go to them and say, we're going to resolve this. I think I'd say, even if they meant a lot to me, I'm like, we might be able to resolve this, but you're jolly well coming to me first. Like you're going to come to me and you're going to apologize to me and you're going to say that you are wrong. And then we're going to have a conversation and then, you know, we'll do the forgiveness thing. Um, but that's just my response. But as we can see here, this is just not what Jesus does. So to begin with, um, he goes to find them. They're out fishing and Jesus early in the morning, he's there on the shore waiting for them. And then again, later in red there, he calls out to them. So these are the people as well as Peter who, who publicly really betrayed him and all the disciples that ran away. He straight away say friends. He kind of already goes straight to them. And that's just the first really simple thing about how Jesus reacts to Peter and what Peter did to him, is that he goes to Peter. He's the one that takes the initiative. He's the one that takes the first step and says, I'm going to rebuild this relationship. I want you. I want relationship with you. And I'm coming to find you. So first of all, Jesus returns to Peter. Second thing Jesus resets, Peter. This. Peter, sorry, this is my favorite part because you don't, you know, studying this was just super fun because it's crazy when you look at what's happening here. Um, so two things. What does it mean by Jesus resets Peter? The first one, um, when I painted that timeline, obviously gave you the very quick version of how um, Peter came to be a disciple of Jesus. But it was through this fishing miracle. And so what does Jesus do here to show Peter who he is? He repeats the exact same miracle. Um that's just you know i don't know if it's a sense of humor thing or just an incredibly powerful metaphor thing but actually he does the exact same miracle to say to peter yeah you remember who you thought i was when you dropped your nets and came to follow me this is still who i am i haven't changed this is who i am um the The particularly entertaining part of it, though, is that Peter is not even the one who realises. So you can sort of imagine this scene where, um, I mean, it's funny how they listen to strangers to do their fishing. But anyway, this stranger on the shore is over there and he says, hey, why don't you cast your nets on the other side? Uh, And they do it. Okay, and it couldn't go wrong. And um, all these fish come in. And you can imagine John, who's writing this account, who's the one who clocks. is like, hold on a minute. We've seen this somewhere before. And then Peter's there, like, being not very dim, like, tugging up the fish, being like, hey, John, come over here. I need some help with all these fish. And John's like, oh, no, no, no. hold on a minute. I think something's happening here. Um, and he's the one that twigs, and Peter wasn't actually twigging. And it takes John to say to him, hey, doofus, can't you see what's happening here? This is the same man that did this exact same miracle. This is the Lord on the shore. Um, and that's what enables Peter to twig. So the first thing, Jesus resets Peter, and he goes back very literally to the scene of where he called him to he says you're a fisherman and I'm going to show you that I'm bigger than creation I'm going to show you who I am and I'm going to show you what I can do um, and that's you know I'm going to take you back from all, all that history is irrelevant now we're going to go back to the start I'm going to reset you um, and the second bit which I love which again I think you can miss unless uh, we're looking for it is that's why it's so important to realize that Jesus renamed him Peter later but when it comes to when he speaks to him what does he call him Simon, son of John. He uses the exact same name that he used when he first called him back in the start of the the gospel accounts. And for me, again, what he's saying, if the first part he's saying, I know who I am and you know who I am. He's saying, I know who you are. All those things you did for me, all those things you did with me, all those things I spoke about you were true. But to some extent, you're still Simon and I still know who you are. Like All those things are not part of your identity. Your identity is who I made you to be in creation, and you are Simon. And he completely resets it. He doesn't call him Peter, and he calls him Simon. And it's this amazing, um, yeah, just sign of Jesus saying, first, I'm going to return to you. Second, I'm just going to wipe away all that stuff. All the amazing stuff you did, wiping it away. All the really terrible stuff you did when you betrayed me, I'm wiping it all away. I'm just going back to the start, where we met, where you chose to follow me, and what your real name is. And it's incredible, it's incredible. So he returns to Peter, he resets Peter and takes him back at the start. But then a the third part, which is also really critical, Jesus doesn't stop there. Um, he recommissions Peter. So he doesn't just say, um, when he asks the questions, do you love me? He doesn't just say, great, because that's what I want from you, I just want you to love me. Um, he says, if you love me, then I want your life. And I want your life to lead my church. That's what it means by feed my lambs and take care of my sheep. That's what the people of God, the Jewish people, are called. Um, so he's saying, everything I spoke about you before is still true. I still want to commission you to be a leader in my church, be a leader of my people. Um, and again, he asked them the three times to mirror the three denials, but also really to press home the, the, the importance of this. this is not an optional part of following me like for you Peter I want you I've come to you I want your relationship I know who you are and I want to recommission you back and you need to say yes to this if this is what you want and he asked him three times and every time it's like if you love me then this is what is going to be for you and at the end of the account which we won't go through he re prophesies over him about his life again about what he's going to do and the death he's going to die So you've got these three really incredible, amazing things that Jesus does in response to Simon Peter. He returns to him. He proactively returns to him after that brutal betrayal. He resets him and says, we're stripping away all that stuff. I don't care that you walked on water. I don't care that you were the first to declare me. I don't care that I did speak over you in your name. Um, I'm going to take you back to where I first met you, and I'm going to take you back to your first name, and I'm going to speak to you there, and I'm going to recommission you. I'm going to give you another chance to say, do you want to follow me? I want you to follow me. Do you want to follow me? In which case, this is what I've got for you. It's incredible. So yeah, that's, that's how Jesus showed his character to Simon Peter. So I'm just going to invite the band up now. And I just want to give you three really specific ways you might want to respond tonight. Um, three quite different ones. So the first one, I think, again, thinking of the series generally is, You might be thinking about Jesus, both in response to what I've talked about, but, you know, just this idea of Jesus. And you might not know who he is. Um, You might not, you might thought you know who he is, but you're not sure anymore. And if you're in that place when we have just a moment's silence um, in a moment, I just want you to take the chance to decide, is this a person you want to think about more? Is this someone you want to read about more? Is this someone you want to come next Sunday and the Sunday after and hear different stories of how Jesus interacted with different people and showed his character? Um, do you know what Jesus is like? And do you want to take, make that commitment or make a choice to rethink about and read and reflect on who he is. Um, after tonight, I'll, I, I'll post some stuff on the Facebook. Of There's three amazing books that I'd recommend. They're not very big theological books, but they're really great books about who this man was, what he did, how he's changed history. Um, so I'd really recommend them. So maybe you're there. Maybe you're not 100% sure you want to follow him, but you do want to find out who this guy is. Um, and then that's for you. The second second place maybe you are is... You're a follower of Jesus, but maybe, I don't know, some of those words we put up at the start, you just didn't really recognize in him. You're like, the Jesus I know is a bit like this, but he's not really like this, even though other people say he is. In which case, to start with, in this this moment, what I'll offer you is take a minute and ask the Holy Spirit to show you something different of Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you a different character of Jesus that Jesus wants to show you tonight, this week, this month. Ask Jesus to reveal himself to you through the Holy Spirit. Um, And then lastly, and this is one that really resonated with me when I was preparing, is some of you may have resonated with Peter's story. Some of you may have resonated with the sense that you have made that commitment to follow Jesus and you may be done some amazing things with and for Jesus in your life. But you find yourself in a spot where you've failed. Either you've done something you know you weren't supposed to do or you haven't done something you know you've been called to do. And if you're in that place tonight, um, take the moment with you and God first. But afterwards, if you want to come and be prayed for and, and, and talk to someone about that and recommission yourself, then I'd, we'd love to be part of that with you. If you want to come up here and be returned or find that Jesus is waiting for you, if you want to come up here and be prayed for for us to reset you, let Jesus reset you, and let, us, and let Jesus recommission you, then we'd love to pray for you that as well. So we're just going to take a minute. Um, the music isn't supposed to build any emotion it's just a cut the awkward silence Um, but we're going to hold the whole minute we're not going to do the minute oh gosh it's been 10 seconds we're really awkward we're going to hold the whole minute um, and Ben's just going to play and then after that um, I'll come up and and then Ben will lead us in worship again and after that please come forward and, and pray if you'd like to.